A new report from Axios reveals that the Biden administration has released 50,000 illegal aliens into the United States without any court date. The officials just told them to voluntarily check back in with ICE agents later on. And you're going to be shocked to hear this. Turns out the vast majority of these illegal aliens failed to show up to the deportation authority. Can, can you imagine? Yes, foreign nationals get to flout our laws, roam wherever they please, and breathe the sweet air of freedom. But you, the American citizen, cannot, especially once the CDC's new mask demands go into effect over the coming days. Some Americans are calling on Biden to free Cuba. I'm calling on Biden to free the United States. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from Andrew Shelley, who is referring to that cop who said he was called all sorts of racist slurs by the Trump people at the Capitol. He provided no evidence, of course, of this, and, and we've seen no evidence. And so Andrew says, hold on a second. If we've been living in a totally and completely systemically racist society for all, for all of time, why then do the black police officers declare that in their entire life, they have never been called the N-word until the Capitol event? Yes, this is, this is one of the problems with uh, making Trump the root of all evil in the world, is that the left is simultaneously arguing that America is this terrible, rotten place, and it's always been evil, and it's always been terrible, and making the argument that Trump is this unique threat to the country. No, the country has always been evil, right? So it's no, it's no big deal that Trump's come along. Or Trump is the unique threat to our democracy because our country is so wonderful and good, and he's destroying our constitution. But you just told me that you hate our democracy and our constitution. It doesn't hold together very well. You know, in times of chaos like this, it's good to have a tangible physical asset just why you ought to check out Acre Gold. Inflation is spiking. People want an asset that holds value. Well, you know what does that? Great hedge against inflation, physical gold. But Michael, you say, I, I just don't have the money to lay out for physical gold. It's, uh, physical gold is expensive. Calm down, pal. What if I told you that you could start investing in physical gold for as little as $30 a month? You're a liar, Michael. Don't call me a liar. Come on, I'm talking about Acre Gold. Acre Gold will allow you to subscribe to their gold bars for as low as $30 a month. Then when your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they will discreetly ship Acre Gold to your house. Acre has also introduced a new $100 a month subscription to a five gram gold bar if you want to up the ante a little bit. Acre keeps you updated every month. And then once you hit that threshold, they will ship Acre Gold to your house. It'll be neat, discreet, in your hands. It's a fantastic hedge. You're seeing spikes on gas, lumber, food prices. Do it today. You'll thank me later. GetAcreGold.com slash Knowles. That is the URL. Start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go to that URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar. To qualify for the giveaway, tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. That's GetAcreGold.com slash Knowles. Thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting the show. So on the topic of, of the CDC and of freeing America, I've just received a memo from my social media team here at The Daily Wire. Uh, they have gone through all of the new rules on Facebook to determine what we are and are not allowed to say. So I just want this to be clear right at the top because I don't want there to be any confusion. Uh, I will not, it, pursuant to Facebook's new guidelines, I will certainly not imply that the return of the mask mandates indicates that the vaccines are not effective. I, I, why would I imply that? It, you're saying that just because now we're going back to the old masks after so many people have received the vaccine, that that would imply that the vaccines are not effective. 
Who, who would ever imply such a thing? Surely not I. Uh, I, I, I can't say that the masks do not work. In order to say that, I would have to quote Dr. Fauci from the beginning of the pandemic, so I wouldn't do that. I, I don't like quoting Dr. Fauci. I can't say that children cannot get or spread COVID, uh, I, but I, wouldn't, I would never say that anyway. I, I, I would point out that children are at an infinitesimally small risk of dying from COVID or facing very, very serious uh, consequences, but I actually, I actually wouldn't say that. I won't say that the masks are dirty or uh, could pose some risk to your health. Again, again, I would have to quote Dr. Fauci in order to do that from before Dr. Fauci changed his mind, so certainly couldn't do that. Uh, do, and I, I won't say that uh, vaccinated people can't contract or spread COVID. Well, I certainly, <laughs> I wouldn't do that because obviously that's one of the issues that we're all dealing with right now. But also, I'm not going to question the efficacy of the vaccines. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that the vaccines protect you from getting COVID, but I'm also not going to say that the vaccines don't protect you from getting COVID. Okay, what can I say? I don't know. It sounds like I can't say a whole lot, but I'm glad that we cleared that up. (laughs) I don't want there to be any confusion about what we can or cannot say, according to our overlords, the big tech billionaires who work very often directly with the federal government in a surveillance state, in a liberal blob that has now consumed every single institution in the country. Boy, aren't you glad you live in the land of the free? Aren't you? We got to go send in the Marines to Cuba, right? We'll get to that in just a moment. First, uh, let's see. How, wh- how can I talk about the CDC? I'll just tell you the facts here, okay? The CDC is now demanding that most of America mask up again. The CDC has these new guidelines for areas of high transmission. Even where Americans are fully vaccinated, they need to mask up. When you look at, at the criteria that the CDC are talking about for which counties should mask up, it actually comes to include over 60% of counties in the United States as having high or substantial spread according to the CDC guidelines, and therefore they need to mask up again. So most of America, according to our public health agency, needs to mask up again. By the way, illegal aliens can go wherever they want. Most of the American citizens, a clear majority of, of counties in the United States, I'll be more specific, need to mask up again. Uh, but our, our southern border is basically non-existent. And we've had a million, at least a million illegal aliens this year come across the border, certainly on track for 2 million. We had 188,000 come in just the month of June alone. We've got Biden, the Biden administration releasing 50,000 illegal aliens without a court date. How many of these guys are being tested for COVID or are taking the right precautions? Very, very few of them. So it would seem to me I can conclude from that that the Biden administration is not particularly worried about the spread of COVID because if they were, they'd close up the southern border. But they are very concerned about getting you to follow their capricious and arbitrary guidelines. Chip Roy, great U.S. congressman, Republican congressman, former chief of staff to Senator Ted Cruz. Chip Roy is pointing out the hypocrisy here. He's had enough of this. There's a crisis at the border and yet Nancy Pelosi is now making all of these vaccinated members of the House mask up again. We have a crisis at our border and we're playing footsie with mask mandates in the people's house. I mean, it's absolutely absurd what this body is doing, the people's house. It's an embarrassment. It's a mockery. And the American people are fed up. They want to go back to life. They want to go back to business. They want to go back to school without their children being forced to wear masks, to be put in the corner, to have mental health issues. And we're running around here and the speaker comes down here at 10 o'clock in the morning saying we got to wear masks in the people's house while we've got thousands of people pouring across our border and Democrats don't do a darn thing about it, heavily infected with COVID. We have the New York Times, okay, today, 
What a mess. You got to pause right there before Chip Roy goes on and and makes, I think, a very important point. But you got to pause right there because (laughs) if you weren't watching, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is this lightning rod for the left, she just walks into the frame. She came in late while Chip Roy was talking, completely unmasked, sits down, (laughs) doesn't care. That's really great. So Chip Roy goes on and makes a point that could get him kicked off of Facebook. We have people infected with COVID coming across our southern border into Texas, and you all put masks, masks up front here, here on the people's house. We got to go around and see, okay, we can't come to the floor. I can't execute my constitutional duty unless I wear a mask. Which is it? Vaccines or masks? Do the vaccines work or they don't work? Do the masks work or they don't work? I'd like to know which it is. I'd like Dr. Fauci to come down and answer a single question about nat- natural immunity. If you've been infected with a virus, do you have immunity? Or are they just going to go around poking people saying you must take a vaccine? Oh, but sorry, the vaccine doesn't work. You must wear a mask. This institution is a sham and we should adjourn and shut this place down. Amen, Chip. Now, you'll notice Chip Roy said something here that according to the new Facebook guidelines could and again, it'll be so arbitrary and capricious, could get him kicked off of Facebook or get a content strike against him or something like that. And by the way, all of these politicians have very large Facebook pages because this is the public square and that is how they campaign. What Chip Roy said is, or what he what he implied, but he, he basically said it outright, is that if, they're, if the CDC is requiring us all to mask up again and Pelosi and all the rest of them are going along with it, then it, that suggests that the vaccines do not work particularly well because he's saying if the vaccines worked, then you wouldn't need to wear the masks. Now, I want to be, I'm being so specific with my language, Facebook, pay close attention. I am not, I'm, I'm being really nice here. I'm not even dealing with the point that Chip made, the very interesting and good point that Chip made. I'm dealing with what that means. What it means that some billionaire in Silicon Valley named Mark Zuckerberg hired a bunch of punk tyrants who are now going to go channel by channel and say, no U.S. representative, you can't say that. No member of Congress, you can't say that. Forget about Chip Roy. They did this to Trump in January. No duly elected sitting president of the United States, you can't say that. Because I, either some apparatchik at Facebook or Twitter or Google or or one of the surveillance tech billionaires themselves, because they say that you can't say that. As I point out in my book, which I do think becomes (laughs) scarier and scarier every day, how true this has become speechless. If you control speech in a republic such as ours, you control the political system because speech is politics and politics is speech. We govern one another by persuasion and deliberation. Right now, a very small number of people who have all of your data and know everything about you, but who have crucially never appeared on a ballot, you've never elected them. They are controlling all of your speech, including the speech of your elected representatives, including the speech of your presidents. Scientists have a big credibility problem. It's not just the scientists. It's the scientists and then the public health experts who are half scientist and half politician The health part is the science. The public part is political. And it's the politicians then who use the experts as cover. I'm talking about Pelosi and all of the rest of them. They have a credibility problem. This isn't just me saying this. This isn't just conservatives saying this. 
This is leftists. This is even CNN. Aaron Burnett on CNN came out swinging. And you don't, you don't often hear this from a left-wing channel. She said, but it's so obvious that you can't deny it. She said, wait a second. These, these guys have been changing the rules day by day by day. And it's not really based on the science. They're even changing the principles of what they're talking about. Where is the credibility? What CDC needs to say is clearly that if you are not vaccinated, you must get vaccinated and you must mask up. But to do that, they had to basically tell the uh, vaccinated to mask. So I understand what you're saying. But I also take a step back here and I say, okay, first they said and science and, and information can change, right? But we all remember at the very beginning here, mask up even if you're vaccinated because you could spread it. And then the, yay, guess what? You can't spread it. And now, oh my gosh, now you can maybe spread it. And they're making the change to the masking guidance based on uh, unpublished data. Uh, but it shows that vaccinated and unvaccinated people infected by the Delta variant can have the same viral, ro- viral load. So, so after changing it for maybe you can spread it to you definitely can't to maybe you can, but it's really rare. They're telling you it's really rare, but you have the same viral load. I mean, Dr. Reiner, it's really confusing. And it does beg the question of, do they really know? Or do they know things they're not sharing us, sharing with us? I mean, it's a credibility question, isn't it? We don't even know what rare means. Preach, sister. I love it. I'm sorry that Aaron Burnett is going to lose her Facebook page. I'm sorry that CNN is going to lose its Facebook page, right? Probably not. Probably there's going to be different rules applied to people on the left and people on the right. But she's making a very important point. And it's not just pointing out that these guys have no credibility and Fauci should be banished to St. Helena, which obviously he should. She's, she's making this point on data, which I think is actually even bigger than the vaccines, bigger than COVID. And it's, it's kind of a systemic society-wide problem. We are told to trust these genius eggheads based on data that very often we can't see. Listen, you, you proles, you idiots, we have information that you don't have. So just trust us. Okay. Can we see the information? No. Well, but why not? You idiot. You can't, you don't know. You can't understand the information. It's a power disparity that pervades not just the public health establishment. It's the whole culture. And it's especially true of big tech. There's a terrific new book that I'm reading right now called The Age of Surveillance Capitalism by Shoshana Zuboff. We'll have to get her on the show to talk about it. It's a straightforward study of how the big tech giants masked all of their control and what that means is a major shift in the economy. You had the industrial revolution in the 19th century, you had the managerial revolution in the 20th century, and now she has identified this information revolution that obviously is taking place. And increasingly what we are told is, no, you, you don't have the data. We have the data. Data are king. Data are the most valuable commodities. This is why all of the services that you love to use and enjoy are free. Not all of them, but a great many of them. Facebook, Twitter, Google search, YouTube, all they're free, but they're not really free. You're paying. You're paying with your data and you're paying with your privacy. And even through, not just the searches you make, but the way in which you make ser- searches, the time of day, where you are, your, your location, the, the devices you're using, every th- people you're around, all of those are uh, behavioral surplus data that can form a profile of you, whereby these people who are usually unelected, and in almost all cases unelected, they probably know more about you than your wife does. They probably know more about you than you do. And that is a power disparity that is completely unacceptable 
in a self-governing republic. Whether the people with the info, with the, whether the people with the power are wearing lab coats like Fauci, or whether they're in Silicon Valley, even less accountability. And what is the response to all of this? When people say, this is too much, guys, this, you are wielding power in a way that is too arbitrary and capricious, you've got to cut this out. The response from Nancy Pelosi is to call her colleague, the House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, uh, to call him a moron. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron, and if so, why? Uh, I, I said earlier in my comments, science, 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 and science. On almost every subject that you can name, science is the answer. Whether it's the climate crisis, whether it's a health crisis, whether it whether it's our preeminence in the world in technology, science, 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 science. Uh, to say uh, that wearing a mask is not based on science, I think, is, is not wise. And that was my comment. And that's all I'm going to say about that. We make fun of people on this show. Like the way that we make fun of the scientific left is by saying that all they ever do is science, science, beep, bop, beep, beep, boop, science, science, science. And then she just literally did that. She literally just, science, 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 science. To say that the masks uh, are, are not based on science, that's not wise. We've played the clip too many times on the show, so I'm not going to play it anymore. And I guess Facebook won't even let me play Dr. Fauci anymore, where Dr. Fauci says, don't wear the masks, they don't help. So Because then he changed his mind, and so that's the science that we have to follow. But I think it proves my point. Again, not on the masks, but on the science. That is not a serious answer. And you'll notice that as the science, get, quote unquote, capital S trademark over the E, as that gets sketchier, the science worshipers get more and more aggressive. And so Pelosi now uses this vulgar language, calls her, her colleague a moron. This is a, uh, an idolization of the science. is something that is totally divorced from what science is. I mean, what the scientific method is a, a method of material inquiry whereby you, t you make certain narrow predictions and then you test them in the, in the physical world. Science is the handmaiden of philosophy. Philosophy is the handmaiden of theology. Material science is, is just one aspect of knowledge. Science, you, you can see the problem because the word derives from the Latin word for all of knowledge. And so as we've made science this narrower, narrower pursuit, we're also pretending that this material inquiry describes the entire world. And obviously it does not. Nowhere in the constitution does it say, we the people in order to form a more perfect union uh, are going to give Dr. Fauci all the power and follow the science. That's not what it says at all. There, there are many considerations that have gone into the way that our society is run. Some of those involve the natural world. Some of those involve philosophy. Some of those involve religion, the religious premises of this country, things like natural rights. Some of those involve uh, geographic matters, right? There, there is a whole lot more here at stake than just Dr. Fauci. And it's, it's ironic because the, the, the less reliable the science becomes, the more the scientists contradict themselves, the more people like Pelosi double down. But it is not just science. It is more akin, I think, to a heretical religion. Remember, we played this wacky TikTok video last week where <laughs> it was some young person describing the difference between an aromantic person and an asexual person, and that these are different things or something. Well, now there's another professor on TikTok, a professor of TikTok, who has come out and said, no, they're different, but they're actually, they're actually the same, and try to understand it. 
Next up, we have Ace Flux. So Ace Flux is your person. Uh, they're going to fluctuate between asexuality and allosexual. So like, uh, it's your person that one day they could be like fully asexual and then the next it could totally change. So this is a person whose sexuality is gonna fluctuate on a daily basis. One day they could have crushes on somebody. One day they could be sexually attracted to somebody in some form or degree. And the next day they could be completely just not interested, not wanting anything to do with. So this is your person that's gonna be asexual one day in some form or degree of sexual the next. I think that's really interesting, that's very cool, and uh, I love learning about these things as I go along. So if you know anybody who's on the Ace Flux or anything, please tag them, let them know, share it, like, comment, thank you. So you, first of all, this this gal is just describing everybody. It's like, yeah, and some days people are more sexually inclined than others. So, oh really? Wow. I guess I'm that special thing now. I'm an Ace or Aloe or whatever. But you might say, Michael, that's just some sort of wacky TikTok video that's gone viral. The scientists are backing this stuff up. <laughs> it's, you're, you're, there was a medical school professor yesterday. We talk about them on the show at a prominent medical school in the University of California system who apologized to his students for, for saying the phrase pregnant women because it suggested that only women can become pregnant. The kooky TikTok stuff is being adopted by the scientists because it's there's nothing sci- scientific about it. It's just a heretical religion and anyone can take part in a heretical religion. And these people don't, they don't even know what they don't know. They don't even know that they're making philosophical and religious claims when they pretend that it's just all about the natural material world. And we can't question any of that because if we do, we could easily be booted out of the public square. You might call this an authoritarian moment. Well, that's the title of Ben's new book. It's the slogan for my upcoming political campaign sometime in, in the next few years. The Authoritarian Moment is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or any other major bookseller. You can get your copy now. You can also pick up an autographed copy for just $30 at dailywire.com Ben. You can leave a five-star review to help amplify conservative voices. It's a great book to order after you order Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, my number one national best-selling book, which is, I think, very much the topic of today's show after Facebook sent out these new guidelines. Also, if you've ever thought that it would be cool to travel on the Daily Wire's dime to our studios in Nashville to smoke a cigar with all of us, then you might just be in luck. If you're not a member yet, head to dailywire.com slash subscribe, use code backstage to get 25% off your new membership and be automatically entered to win two tickets to lounge with the Daily Wire legends backstage. Who writes this stuff? We're legends? I'll take it. That's fine. That's not all. You get to take home a signed copy of my newest book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. So head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe with code backstage. You get 25% off your membership and a chance to win the ultimate backstage experience. We'll be back with a lot more. I learned so much on TikTok. The TikTok really has its finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist. There was a video, another video that went viral on TikTok of a a woman describing a very sad state of mind, but but it's an idea, it's an ideology that is actually somewhat pervasive. I've even heard some of my friends talk about this. People who will not have children because they're afraid of global warming 
when people ask me if I'm gonna like have kids, I'm like, uh, I don't know because the ocean was on fire last week and I'll never be rich enough to send my kids to another planet. So it's kind of an ethical dilemma for me. Okay. So maybe this gal's joking. Who knows? Maybe she'll wise up and have kids or something like that. But what, what she is describing, I have had friends of mine say in earnest that because of global warming, because of the sun monster, because of the 99.7% or whatever of scientists assuring that the world is going to end in two years ago or, or whatever they say. It was uh, Britain's Prince Charles actually said the world would already have ended. He predicted that. He said, we have 18 months. Then that was a few years ago now. I think AOC still has eight or nine years left on her prediction. But there have been many other past predictions by by scientists, notably Paul Ehrlich from Stanford, who said that the world is going to descend into mass famine because of the population bomb and overpopulation. He predicted that that would happen certainly within 10 or 20 years, and there was no way out of it. And we needed forced sterilization and contraception and abortion as a result to in any way head this thing off. Uh, Since that time, the world population has doubled and malnutrition is at an all-time low. People are fatter than they ever have been before, so the science, totally wrong, of course. And there have been people who are choosing not to have children because of these factors. I mean, you you can just look at the birth rate, by the way. We've had below replacement birth rate for a very long time in this country, and and we're hitting new lows every single year. Some of that might be because of economic factors, but I think a lot of that is because of social and religious factors, including the religion of environmentalism, which says that human beings are blights upon the earth, and if we only wiped ourselves out, it would be Eden again. When people tell you, oh, it's just some wacky TikTok, oh, it's just some wacky video, oh, ignore that kind of stuff. This is being backed up by very prominent scientists, and they don't put it in quite as clever a way, but the Paul Ehrlichs of the world, the people predicting imminent destruction, the people telling you eat less, move less, do less, have fewer children, consume less, they, they are they are real scientists, and, uh, and they're having an effect on the culture, which you're seeing on TikTok, which brings us, it brings us to Cuba. The Cuba issue. There have been a great many people on the right saying that we need to go free Cuba. This is the chance. It's been the official policy of the United States for 60 years, ever since Castro took power. And this is our chance. There are rioters in the street, not rioters, actual protesters in the streets. And I'm so used to protesters actually being rioters that I forget that when there are real protesters, they're not always rioting. And they're going out, they're waving the American flag and they're yelling Libertad. And so a number of conservatives are saying, send in the Marines. But then there's another side of the debate, which is saying America is collapsing. We're losing all of our rights. The economy is in free fall. Inflation is going through the roof. We don't even have a Southern border anymore. Now is not the time to be engaging in foreign adventurism. You know, we've got to get our own house in order before we go and spread democracy abroad. And what would we be spreading? What is the American conception of Libertad right now? What's the American conception of freedom? Is it the traditional conception of freedom in America, you know, for, for God and for country going in and apple pie and, uh, you know, Washington and Jefferson and Adams, or is it a row, aloe, pansexual, you know, trans the kids and uh, cultivate racial grievance everywhere? What is it? Hold on, Cubans. Hold on, Havana. We're coming, we're coming in to trans your kids. Don't worry. Freedom's on the way. Is that because in that case, probably it's better if we stick, stick here and contain the poison of wokeness. Macron, the, the president of France, no conservative by any means. France, not a conservative country by any stretch of the imagination. France is saying that wokeness is an, an poisonous ideology and they are going to make it a priority of the government to keep it out of France. 
So I think there's this other reaction on the side uh, of conservatives who they say, we got to get, get our house in order first. So which is the right? Well, they're both right. Communism is evil and it would be good to free Cuba and we shouldn't downplay the evils of the Castro regime. And we shouldn't fall into this, this, you know, way of, of conflating communism with whatever we're living through right now and say, well, maybe Cuban communism is not so bad. No, communism is an evil, wicked ideology. I mean, as, as many popes have condemned it, it's a pest, a plague. It steals the very gospel itself. As Whitaker Chambers says, it's the, the alternative faith of mankind that began in the garden when the serpent told Eve, ye shall be as God. So it's really evil stuff. And surely the Castro regime or what remains of it should be, should be ousted. But it's also true that we have got a lot of ideological poison flowing around our country right now. And we will not be able to effectively project a good and just vision of American power abroad if we don't fix our country and if we don't banish Fauci to St. Helena and if we don't take power back from the goons and the thugs, not only in the government and the federal bureaucracy, but in the blob in the big tech companies, in the corporate media companies, if we don't take our power back and if we don't insist upon some standards and if we don't stop transing the kids and if we don't, if we don't stop pushing this racial ideological poison in schools, then we, we will not be able to free Cuba. We, no one wants to do that. No American, not no American, but very, very few Americans have any appetite right now to send the Marines to Havana. Very few Americans have any appetite right now to send troops to Taiwan to protect it, for instance, from the predations of China. Because we don't even know what we're projecting. What is it? What's our vision? What's our vision of the good? This is a problem that especially conservatives have had for a long time. The leftist vision is clear. Destroy everything. Whatever existed in America, it's bad. Topple every statue, tear down every institution. What's the conservative vision? Cut taxes some more? That's all, that's all we've had since the fall of the Berlin Wall. That's the only unifying conservative vision is cut taxes a little bit more. That ain't enough. That ain't going to free Cuba. It ain't going to free Taiwan. It ain't going to free the United States. The country has gone mad. You know, I, we played yesterday the, uh, that uh, drama queen, Adam Kinzinger, the liberal Republican who, who had a little prick in his pocket, I think, and, uh, you know, poked himself in, in the leg with a pin or something and, uh, and made himself cry when he talked about the January 6th insurrection. Never mind BLM. Forget about that. They burned a federal courthouse. Not a big deal. No, no, no. Only the, the horn man and the podium theft and whatever. We, we forgot to cover another drama queen, Adam. That would be the Democrat. Adam Schiff, who also mustered, mustered tears for that horrid, the worst day in American history. Officer, thank you. Um, I believe in this country, and I believe in it because of people like you, uh, who understand what the flag means and what our Constitution means and risk their lives to defend it. I'd like to think, uh, uh, as Amanda Gorman so eloquently said, uh, that we're not broken, we're just unfinished. Because if we're no longer committed to a peaceful transfer of power after our elections, uh, if our side doesn't win, then God help us. If we deem elections illegitimate merely because they didn't go our way, rather than trying to do better the next time, then God help us. And if we're so driven by bigotry and hate that we attack our fellow citizens as traitors, if they're born in another country or they don't look like us,
God help us. <laughs> if we deem elections illegitimate, like I, Adam Schiff, led the Democrats to do for four years, because I didn't believe <laughs> that the 2016 election was above board, and then so I tried to impeach the president. He led the impeachment, this guy. If we, if, because they didn't go our way. God help us. God help us. No one is questioning the election of 2020 because it didn't go our way. Democrats did question the election of 2016 because it didn't go their way. They had no, they had no argument as to why, as to why they lost that election. So they just made a bunch of stuff up. He colluded with the Russians or the Ukrainians or whatever. It didn't work out. In 2020, the people who are questioning that election are doing so not because it didn't go our way, but because Democrats got rid of virtually every election integrity measure in the weeks before the election. And they changed many of the rules. And in some cases, they violated state constitutions in how the election was conducted, notably in Pennsylvania. That's why. It's not because it didn't go our way. It's because you all changed the rules and got rid of the election integrity measures that even Barack Obama a few years ago said were very important measures to, to ensure the legitimacy of our elections. That's why. But you can't answer that, Schiff, and so you're going to cry your crocodile tears. They have to make January 6th a big deal because they need to keep everyone in a state of panic that the country is about to be taken over. Our democracy, our, who took over our democracy? Who wields the power in this country? Is it the conservatives? I don't think so. AOC took this a step further. So remember, AOC said she was afraid that she was going to die on January 6th and she was so close to death. And then it later turned out she wasn't even in the Capitol. She was down the street in her office building. And she said she heard people knocking on the door and this was, and they were going to come get her. It turned out it was a cop that was there to protect her. And so all of these things came out and then she kept quiet for a while about January 6th. Now she's saying, now she's saying that she was in fear, not just that she would be killed, but that she would be raped as well. That attack on the Capitol, you know, white supremacy, and patriarchy are very linked in a lot of ways. There's a lot of sexualizing of that violence. And um, I didn't think that I was just going to be killed. I thought other things were going to happen to me as well. So what sounds like what you're telling me right now is that you didn't only think that you were going to die, you thought you were gonna be raped. Yeah. The mainstream media are reporting on AOC's rape fantasies from the, the Capitol Hill riot where she wasn't even in the building. They are reporting on that as though it were fact. Because, because notice, what none of them lied in that clip. The, the quote-unquote interviewer, you know, quote-unquote journalist and AOC. They didn't lie. Look, AOC was never anywhere close to being killed. She was never anywhere close to being raped. She was never anywhere close to being harmed at all. But she's not claiming that she was. She's claiming that she felt like she could be. She's claiming that she had a fantasy. She's claiming that she had a delusion, that she would be harmed and raped and, and murdered. And, and then the interviewer says, so you, and you felt like that. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. That's a fact, I guess. For all the fact checkers out there, that, that is a fact. But her feeling was delusional. And those fantas- the leftist fantasy about the country is now fact, incontrovertible. January 6th was the worst attack in our country in the history of, of the entire nation. 
right? It was was the worst attack since 1812, they say. And we went through on the show yesterday, the many, many other (laughs) far more deadly and dangerous uh, attacks on our political process in just the last few decades, in just the last few years. Doesn't matter. That's out. You are, the fantasies that the left has about, (laughs) about the political process, about the virus, about the necessary measures to lock down, about the way that our constitutional system works, those fantasies are for all intents and purposes, the practical reality of our country because they've got the power. They wield all of the institutions. And so that's where we are. You're seeing this play out, not just at the bureaucracy, not just in the big tech oligarchs, not just in among the elected representatives who are now required to mask up at the Capitol again, even though virtually all of them have vaccines, not just on the January 6th commission. You're seeing it at the Olympics. And I think this is what is driving people so, uh, I'm not going to say it's driving them crazy. It's what what is really frustrating people about the question of Simone Biles, this Olympian who is apparently quite accomplished, just deciding she doesn't feel like competing anymore. And so she's going to, she's going to focus on her because it's not about America. It's about her. It's the delusion that people are upset about. So Simone Biles, we talked about it yesterday on the show, Simone Biles, this athlete that I had never heard of until two nights ago, because I don't watch the Olympics and I don't really care. And it's no skin off my nose. Simone Biles starts to compete. She takes a spot on the Olympic team. And then she says, nah, I don't feel like it. I'm not having fun anymore. It's not. And now, now they're spinning it and they're saying, well, it's because she was at, in great danger. It's because she could have died or they're trying to make up all that. But that's not what Simone Biles said. Simone Biles said, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. It's not fun. I got, I'm going to focus on me. Physically, I'm fine, but emotionally, I'm not there. And so, you know, I'm just going to get into a better headspace and sorry. Sorry, America. I'm going to let you down. Now, one of Simone Biles' teammates is coming out and defending her. Because for a while, there were some people who said, you know, Simone Biles is really letting her team down. But then the teammate comes out and says, quote, I've I've never been prouder to be a part of such an amazing team with an amazing group of girls. We stepped up when we needed to and did this for ourselves. We do not owe anyone a gold medal. We are winners in our hearts. I'm glad this girl is a winner in her heart. I would prefer that she be a winner in reality. Because she does not owe anyone a gold medal. That's true. But she does owe us, the American people, something. She owes us trying. She owes us competing. We had it. And so does Simone Biles. We had a deal. When when you go to the Olympics, you are representing the country. We, the American people, including me, I don't care about the Olympics. I almost never watch it. But including me, we all of the countrymen, we send you there to represent us and to go beat all the other countries and bring medals home to the United States, hopefully gold medals. And I'm not saying that you, I'm not, I'm not like Saddam Hussein, where if you don't bring a a gold medal home, we're going to torture you or something. I'm not saying you owe us to win, but you do owe us to try. You did, you, you might be doing this for yourselves, but you should not be. Yes, it is about individual uh, athletic excellence. Yes, it's about the team's athletic excellence. But ultimately, that is for a purpose, which is the glory of your country. And so you're doing it in part for yourself, but really you should be doing this for your country. We are winners in our hearts. That and a buck fifty will get you a cup of coffee. And I don't even mean to beat up on this girl. Uh, what, what's her name? I don't even know her name. And I don't even mean to beat up on Simone Biles. I, I really don't. I'm, I mean to identify 
a very harmful delusion that we're all operating under. Namely, that, that delusion is reality. I, I mean to identify this, this radical subjectivism that we're all living under, that uh, there is no objective reality, there is no duty. It's all just about me, 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 and my own feelings and my own self-identity. And how. Uh, and one day, what is the kid on TikTok? I'm an A-ro, A-lo, asex, and it's all just about me, me, me. There, there are more things than you. A man wrapped up in himself makes a small package indeed. There is an objective reality. The words that we use refer to reality. That's the only way we can communicate and have self-government. There is a faculty of reason. There is a moral conscience. You do have access to it. There is a transcendent moral order. There is good and bad and right and wrong and true and false. We can discern between those things. If we can't, self-government's not possible. And increasingly, that's the case. Speaking of young people playing games, Gavin Newsom, the beleaguered <laughs> governor of California. Some call him Mussolini. Some call him Governor Bateman. He loves Huey Lewis in the news. Gavin Newsom just got in trouble because we're told now that everyone's got to mask up and all, all the kids especially have to mask up. And Gavin Newsom sent his kids to a summer camp where they're not requiring the kids to wear masks because they're sensible. And this just came out that Gavin Newsom once again is playing by a different set of rules than he's forcing everyone else to play by. This reminds us of when Gavin Newsom forced the businesses to close down and restaurants to shut down and everyone to wear masks. And then they caught Gavin Newsom at the French Laundry, a Michelin rated restaurant, shoulder to shoulder with his friends in a huge dinner party, no one wearing masks because none of these people actually care about it. They just want you to care about it. None of these people who are enforcing the rules, be they at Facebook or the CDC or the governor's governor's office in California. None of them are particularly meticulous about these things, but it's about the imposition of the rules on you. So he got caught. He sent his kids to a camp where they don't play by the rules that he says everyone else needs to play by. And so what did he do? He's trying to spin it. He's saying he's shocked to learn that the kids aren't wearing masks. And this is so terrible. And he pulled his kids out of the camp ostensibly because he's worried about the virus spread. That's the new spin coming out of Newsom's office. This is a rotten thing to do on every level. It's a rotten thing to impose these rules on kids. To the Facebook overlords, I'm not, I'm not even, I would never question the efficacy of masks. <laughs> I would never quote Dr. Fauci. But that's not, that's not even what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a rotten thing. As a political matter, as a personal matter, it's a rotten thing to force kids to do this stuff. And so not only is Gavin Newsom, now that he got caught, insisting that all the kids do. He's also pulling his kids out of the camp. That's a rotten thing to do just to save your own political hide. Terrible, terrible stuff. I do want to end though on a, on a note of a bit of hope, which is, you know, there's this case working its way up the Supreme Court. It's the Dobbs case. And the Dobbs case seeks to overturn Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, the two preposterous court decisions that invented a, a constitutional right to abortion. So this case is going to be heard there. It's going to be decided this term. It's, it's worth pointing out that the law at stake in the Dobbs case is this law that says that you can't get an abortion after 15 weeks. At 15 weeks, the baby can suck its thumb in the mother's womb. Okay, at 15 weeks, this thing <laughs> looks like a baby, seems like a baby, is obviously, is obviously a baby. That law would not be, as the left says, a return to the horrible barbaric dark ages where women are not allowed to do. That law would bring United States abortion policy back into line with Europe. Europe, which is so far to the left of, of America on so many issues, Europe has 
this abortion policy, in some cases, a more restrictive abortion policy than even would be in place given the Mississippi law. The United States is absolutely barbaric on the question of abortion. We are the outlier. We, when you look at our abortion laws, how they compare around the world, our abortion laws are on par with Canada. Canada has similarly barbaric abortion laws. But then the other countries that we're in line with are China and North Korea. <laughs> okay. The rest of the civilized world has the Mississippi law or things that are even more restrictive. And it, and it brings up this question. What are we exporting? <laughs> when the Marines are going to land at, at Havana, well, actually they have horrible abortion laws there too because they're communists. But when, when we're talking about projecting American power around the world, what are we exporting? What do we stand for? What is it? If we, I, I'm all for projecting a good, wonderful culture and politics around the world. We need to get ours in order first. And there are concrete steps that we, can, that we can undertake to do it, but that will require some courage and clarity and vision. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. John Bickley here, editor-in-chief of Daily Wire. Wake up every morning with our new show, Morning Wire. On today's show, the Biden administration moves to impose federal vaccine mandates, Canadian churches are targeted by arsonists, and the Supreme Court agrees to hear a case that could impact Roe v. Wade. Join us and get the facts first on the news you need to know with our show, Morning Wire. 